Welcome to the Lawful Assembly podcast, a show about the intersection of law, religion, and activism. It is hosted by lawyer and activist Reverend Craig Moosen. It's produced by the Division of Mission and Ministry at DePaul University. Craig, here we are uh, after a very difficult weekend uh, with the passing of uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. uh, And we're actually talking about more proposed regulations coming down from the United States government. Uh, Can you tell us about those? Yes, Brian. And I would pause to give thanks for the life and work of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg for all she did for this nation and for the rule of law and for justice for the marginalized. It might seem odd that we're talking about proposed regulations from the Department of Justice on how immigration judges and how the Board of Immigration Appeals conducts its work. If you're looking for a concrete action to take in this week, a small step to follow in the legacy of Justice Ginsburg, listen to this podcast and hope you agree with me that you'll file some comments opposed to these rules. This summer, the Department of Justice has issued several series of proposed rules impacting the substantive asylum law and immigration law, and most recently have proposed rules that limit the autonomy of immigration judges and change some of the procedures for the appeals of decisions of the immigration judges and how the Board of Immigration Appeals does its work. They have issued very lengthy and complicated proposed rules, and I just want to focus on three because all of these rules taken together will limit the rights of individuals appearing before immigration judges, especially those who don't have access to lawyers or cannot afford lawyers, but it also will affect the ability of lawyers to represent those individuals in hearings. I want to focus on three issues, access by individuals who appear by themselves without benefit of lawyers, the impact on lawyers who offer their services as pro bono to represent individuals without charging fees, and also the limitation on autonomy of immigration judges through the prohibition of administrative closing of cases. Because immigration law is a civil proceeding, the Constitution does not require persons appearing in court to be furnished a federal public defender or lawyer provided by the federal government. Many individuals, therefore, have to appear without an attorney. These new proposed regulations set up strict guidelines for the kinds of issues that can be litigated, the timelines that can be litigated, whether motions to reopen can occur when new information comes in. It will be difficult for attorneys to follow all of them if implemented, but it will really limit those what we call pro se individuals. As it is under the current procedures, studies have shown that about one in 10 pro se individuals prevail in court. If represented by attorneys, many more obtain remedies granted by Congress under the law. These proposals will make it so much more difficult that it'll be virtually impossible for pro se individuals to prevail. That raises the second area. One of the great success stories in this country is how the private bar has responded to provide pro bono attorneys in immigration proceedings. We call that pro bono publico for the good of the public. And through the American Bar Association, the Chicago Bar Association, the Chicago Bar Foundation, and organizations similar all around the country, 
we have recruited volunteer lawyers to provide legal representation to refugees and immigrants in proceedings when they cannot afford lawyers. We have a particular success story in Chicago, the National Immigrant Justice Center, which has recruited pro bono attorneys for over 30 years. Last year, over 50,000 hours were dedicated to refugees and immigrants in both individual proceedings and in appellate proceedings. This is a great success that we all should be proud of. These proposed regulations, however, will make it much more difficult for pro bono attorneys to do the work that leads to individuals gaining the remedies that are guaranteed by Congress. Let me give you two examples. The timelines for appeal have been shortened. Thus, take example one of those pro se individuals who lost before the immigration judge, but might have an otherwise bona fide claim, but lost because they were unable to meet all the legal standards without the aid of a lawyer. For a pro bono attorney to get involved, to read the record, to meet the client who might be in detention, and so more time to find that person, and to do the research to make a legitimate appeal has been shortened greatly in these proposed regs. It might make it impossible for someone to volunteer their time to do that case. At the same time, one of the proposals is to require simultaneous briefing. What does that mean? Typically in a court, the side that's appealing files their brief first, and then there's usually a period of time for the party to respond. And then occasionally you can file a reply brief to address issues. What happens with simultaneous briefing? Everyone files their first brief at the same time. But here's the problem. Say an individual did prevail below and the government appealed the case. They're filing the appeal. Their notice of appeal might list five or six or seven issues where they think the immigration judge made a mistake. Now, in the current situation, when they file their brief first, they might decide only two or three of those issues are the ones to concentrate on and really bring before the court. The other side only has to respond to those two or three issues that are being briefed. Where they're simultaneously briefing, they might list the five or six or seven issues, still choose to only litigate two or three, but the pro bono attorney who's responding would have to respond to all five or six, wasting both time, the resources of the court, and be less effective on appeal. We have this tremendous success story of attorneys around the country volunteering time for the good of the public. And these proposed regulations will undercut that success story. Justice Ginsburg, in a January 2001 Law Review article entitled, In Pursuit of the Public Good, Access to Justice in the United States, stated, quote, Our system of justice works best when opposing positions are well represented and fully aired, unquote. These proposed regulations undercut our justice system working best. Opposing positions will not be well represented and will not be fully aired. You can help take a concrete action in the spirit of Justice Ginsburg and write a comment opposing these proposed regulations. Let me go to the third point. And first, one has to understand that when we're talking about immigration judges and the Board of Immigration Appeals, they're called courts, but they are not your typical state or federal court. As an administrative court, they are under the auspices of the Attorney General of the United States. 
and do not have full independence. The proposed regulations claim that the autonomy of an immigration judge to administratively close a case has caused a backlog. Let's look at the backlog issue. Our immigration laws sometimes offer multiple remedies to individuals. Someone seeking asylum may also have a relationship that allows them to adjust status through a marriage or a family relationship. You come to court, you make your argument for asylum, and you tell the judge, by the way, I have another application pending with the government to adjust my status to a lawful permanent resident. Traditionally, the immigration judge could close the asylum hearing, let that administrative proceeding for the lawful resident status of the individual proceed. If that status is granted, there's no need to do the asylum hearing. There's no need to take time of the court to put on evidence. The pro bono attorney can volunteer their time for another case that has to go to hearing. And in fact, the case then gets closed and the backlog is shortened. If immigration judges cannot administratively close cases, many individuals who have relationships in this nation, who have valid claims to immigration status, will have the immigration court case proceed faster than the administrative agency case and may be ordered deported before their adjustment application is decided. And we lose twice. We have to pay the cost of deportation, and the person doesn't get the status because they'll be deported before their other application has been adjudicated. This proposed regulation doesn't make sense. It takes away remedies for people that deserve to be in this country. The TRAC immigration program from Syracuse University just issued a report on the life and death of administrative closure. It challenges the administration's claim that administration closure causes a backlog. After looking at the numbers, the track study demonstrates that administrative closure enhances the calendar and actually reduces the backlog. It allows persons who have lawful remedies to access those remedies and saves valuable judicial time. So both on theory of the necessity for taking away this autonomy and the actual numbers, the proposed regulations are wrong. We're fortunate in Chicago, under the auspices of the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, where this issue of whether immigration judges had the authority to administratively close cases, and it decided that, yes, immigration judges could. The court said, quote, immigration laws and regulations, like all laws and regulations, are the product of compromise over competing policy goals. Expeditiousness may be one such goal, but it is not the only goal, unquote. Our laws permit people to adjust to lawful permanent residence if they meet all the criteria. That is a good public goal. Our communities are strengthened when families are kept together, when we don't have to spend money on deportation and detention, and we further the goals of Congress. Just claiming the need for speed is not enough. We have to challenge and call the DOJ to rescind this proposed regulation on administrative closure. Brian, it's interesting. When I debate folks on immigration law and the need for immigration reform and why we have people coming to our border, uh, they often tell me, oh, there's a line. Let people get in line and take their turn and let the law process them. and, And that'll be the right way to go. And we don't need as many lawyers to deal with refugees or people knocking at the door at our border. These proposed regulations take away some of that line. People who are waiting in line 
and seeking to adjust their status will not be able to pursue that because the deportation proceeding will not be administratively closed. Let's give people the line. Let's give people the process. Let's celebrate the pro bono lawyers that give so much of their time, their wisdom, their talents, the volunteer therapists, the volunteer researchers that help get the right answer. And like the Seventh Circuit says, let's celebrate all the goals that the law works for. In the spirit of Justice Ginsburg, I urge you to take some time to write your comments. In our written summary for this podcast, we'll provide you two templates. They'll provide instructions on how to provide your comments. You don't have to be a lawyer to file comments. Be one of the public, the pro bono publico, that takes a moment this week before 1159 East Coast time on September 25th to file your comments. If you choose either template, you'll be able to make your comments with their assistance or add your story of why people should have full access to justice. If you're looking for links on either of those, on either the the link to the regulations or the link to the study that Craig mentioned earlier, you can check out blogs.depaul.edu slash DMM, or you can look at the links on the SoundCloud link for this podcast. Craig, thanks so much uh, for letting us know about these regulations. Hopefully people can fill these forms out and uh, make a change. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for listening. This podcast is not intended as legal advice. If you'd like to learn more or check out the reference materials, please look at the show notes at blogs.depaul.edu slash DMM.